Hello, everyone. Happy New Year, and welcome to this episode of the Chalky Hands Podcast. All right, so as promised, we are going to talk nutrition today. So as most people getting into the gym um, want to make some changes to their physique, right? nutrition is, is absolutely a key component of that. Um, one thing I love about what we do as far as training goes in CrossFit is you really get a chance to express um, your athletic ability and potential and grow your skill set. And you, you get a chance to do uh, this whole sort of spectrum of things that most other modern modalities, right, are going to leave off the table. So I don't know, think, think just like Orange Theory, you know, it's just cardio, it's just one thing. But in, in CrossFit, you're going to build this really well rounded base. So I think the athletics portion of it, the physical portion of what we do is unrivaled and unbeaten. Like it just, it's just there, right? If you watch the CrossFit games and the things that those athletes can do, nobody else out there is doing the things that we can. They just aren't, right? And that's like, that's, maybe I have some strong opinions, but it's just a fact. So I think we have the training side of it down very well. Now, talking about nutrition, we're going to start off with, <clears throat> with what your goals are. So if you're doing CrossFit, you've got a great training base. Now, I'm going to say something that's completely contradictory to that in a moment. <laughs> um, but we're going to imagine a triangle. And every, every diet should start from here. And let's not get twisted on the word diet, right? Um, what we want is we want long-term success. We want changes that we're going to make that we keep over the long haul so that we we keep our results. We want that. But this does start with a quote unquote diet, right? Which in my mind is just you're going to do a certain set of things for a certain amount of time to try and build new and better habits and create some change in your physique. That's my definition of diet, right? It's not starve yourself and do two hours of cardio a day and hate your life. Diet can be a lot of things. It could just be, hey, I'm going to focus on my diet and eat more vegetables, or I'm going to eat less peanut butter, you know, whatever. I don't know. So that's just how we're going to use the term diet. So before partaking, undergoing whatever in a diet, imagine the triangle, right? So you've got three points. One point is longevity, right? Longevity is you don't care about performance and you don't care about how you look. You just want to live as long as possible, right? You want to be like a monk living in the woods to, you know, well over a hundred and that kind of a thing. So that's one side. Okay. And then the other side would be performance, which is, Hey, I want to go to the CrossFit games, or I want to compete in this local competition, right? Or I want to run a marathon or whatever, right? Some, some side of performance. And then the other side of the triangle is aesthetics, right? Which is, I want to look a certain way. Now you can have these three things. You can have all of them but not at the same time, right? A bodybuilder is not the healthiest person on the planet. Long, that's re in reference to longevity, right? A CrossFit athlete, a high-level athlete is not the healthiest person on the planet, right? The person who lives the longest can't lift the most, right? And the person who can lift the most doesn't necessarily look the best, right? So those things, while you're undergoing a specific goal for a diet, they are exclusive. You'll get a little bit of carryover, right? Like, hey, if you become a way better athlete, you're going to put on some muscle and your physique's going to change. Fantastic, right? So there is a bit of crossover, but there has to be 
one singular focus because if you don't have that, you don't know what the trade-offs are going to be and you're not going to like it when you find them and it's really going to affect your ability to stick to a diet. So let's start with what the trade-offs are going to be. Longevity, right? If you wanted to live forever, if my goal was to live forever, what would I do? I would start exercising less, right? I would be training less often and at a lower intensity, right? I would be doing everything strict. I'd be doing everything slow. I wouldn't be going to failure. Um, I wouldn't be trying to make myself sore. Um, I would be taking more naps. I would be sleeping more. I would be doing more yoga, more restorative things, more, more meditative things, you know? Um, I would be undertaking a, you know, a, a diet with like, that was less inflammatory. You know, I would, I would shift all the things that I was eating to that one focus, right? Which means I'm not going to perform very well and I'm not going to necessarily look how I want either, right? It's not, it's, it's, you still want to maintain a healthy body weight, right? But your goal is not aesthetics. Like a bodybuilder on stage is not a healthy person, right? Um, and this is aside from any kind of like story talk, just when you're that lean, you're, you're not healthy. Even if you got there in, in a, you know, pseudo normal way, um, just because you are lean doesn't make you healthy. Let's, let's put it that way. Cool. So that's the trade-off for longevity performance. Now, if you want to perform, you're not going to live forever, right? And actually Sherry Chan made a great post on this. If you don't know who Sherry Chan is, uh, she's Matt Chan's wife. She's a CrossFit, um, seminar staff member, long-term staff member, Flowmaster, and she's got great nuggets of wisdom. So on her Instagram, she, she made a post recently about, um, you know, what do you choose longevity or vitality, right? And there's a difference. Vitality is feeling your best every day. Longevity is living as long as possible, right? There is a difference. So when you're an athlete, you're not going to live forever, right? And you're not going to necessarily look a certain way. And this is a big misconception. So I think, I think a really great example would be Camille LeBlanc, right? Camille LeBlanc, uh, as an A. She won the CrossFit Games, I don't know, four or five years ago. Um, and she has this little belly on her, right? And she calls it her power pooch. Because when she gets too lean, she she cannot perform, right? And kind of the same thing with with like Matt Frazier. Like the guy has abs, but they're like, you know, they're quote unquote doughy. And this is not to be a dick or anything like that. Like the dude's legit. He's awesome. I feel like we could be good friends someday, but he's not as lean and as defined as possible because that's not his goal. His goal is performance, right? And Camille LeBlanc, she can get lean. She can get shredded. You should see her now, right? She is lean and shredded, but when her goal is to win the CrossFit Games, it didn't matter, right? She needed to be at a higher percentage of body fat in order to perform. So while you are in that performance space, right? Your goal is, is to recover and to be able to train again and to recover and be able to train again and stack the stimulus that the workouts give you in order to build more fitness in order to be the fittest, right? That's the goal of competing in CrossFit. So if you're carrying some extra body fat, um, and you're going to be carrying a lot of inflammation just from the damage the workouts create, you're not going to be your leanest. You're not going to look your best, right? So that is a trade-off. And even if I had an athlete that wanted to, you know, start working towards a specific goal and they may, they were maybe underweight and they started to gain weight and I wouldn't care if I was their coach. I said, performance is your goal. You can gain weight up until the point it stops being beneficial to your performance, right? Obviously when it starts to affect, you know, more body weight movements, gymnastics, that kind of stuff, it becomes an issue, but that's not the goal of performance. Now let's talk aesthetics, right? So when you, and I'm going to use the bodybuilder as an example, right? Cause this is, what everybody thinks of, right? Now, first of all, bodybuilders, they have it figured out. 
They know how to train. They know how to diet. They know how to peak. At this point, it's science and it's pretty interesting, but, but don't overthink it. Basically, you are lifting weights in kind of that, you know, three to five sets, eight to 12 rep range. You're going for time under tension. Um, you're doing a lot of accessory work to work to find muscles. You're trying to look at, look at your physique and balance out the muscle groups, right? Because when you get on stage, if you have like, I don't know, giant traps and tiny pecs, that would look weird, right? Or you had giant hands and no quads would look weird, right? So you're trying to build out a certain aesthetic. Most people aren't going to go to that extreme, right? But that is the focus of a bodybuilder. So a bodybuilder is not going to be the best athlete because they don't care about being the best athlete. Now, when you just start lifting weights to build muscle mass, and then while you're dieting, preserve muscle mass, um, are you going to get stronger? Yeah, you're going to get stronger. But is your is your one rep deadlift going to go up or your one rep back squat going to go up? Probably not. No, unless you're very new to the sport. So, um, you know, you're not going to, you're not, you're not going to be doing CrossFit while you're trying to lean out for bodybuilding, especially when you get into a phase where calories are really restrictive. Um, it's going to create problems, right? Basically, it's going to crash you. It's going to tank you. You're going to want to eat more to recover from it because the stimulus is much more intense. So while you're leaning out, you're going to find that your intensity needs to lower in order to maintain that. I'm going to start doing more strict things. I can still do CrossFit, but I, I need to really modify the way that I do it through that process, especially when my caloric intake starts to taper lower and lower to a certain point, right? So I do not care about my performance while I am getting lean. I'm going to have shitty workouts. That is part of the deal, right? Especially if you want to get lean, like shredded, shredded. And if you think about what you're doing, that's obviously putting miles on your body. That's not helping your longevity. So you have the triangle, performance, aesthetics, and longevity. You have got to pick one corner of the triangle before embarking on a diet. And you have to understand that that comes with trade-offs. And these things are temporary, right? You can do the math on it. You can say, I want to lose X amount of weight by X time doing this. And here's my diet and this and that. And if you're experienced and you have a well-functioning metabolism, that will probably work. And I like the, a plan like that kind of by the numbers. So, at a, Or you get a coach, right? You get someone who knows what's going on and they're going to lay out the path for you and say, hey, this is what you're signing up for. This is how long it's going to take. And we're going to leave some time for you know, adjustments in the middle, right? Like, cause we don't always know what's going to happen, right? For example, for the holidays, I don't expect people to keep getting leaner through the holidays. I, it's a natural time to take a diet break for them. So anyway, that is the start of any diet. It's super important that you do that. Otherwise you're really, you're really not sure what you're signing up for, what you're agreeing to. And it doesn't have to be to those extremes that I described of, live forever and be a monk or be a CrossFit Games athlete or be a bodybuilder. It doesn't have to be those extremes, but you do have to understand that we as regular people, you're you're still orienting yourself to one side, so you're still going to make the same trade-offs. Cool. Okay. That's the triangle of awareness. Um, by the way, a dude named Jason Phillips uh, is in the nutrition space, and he is awesome. Total no BS guy. I have two of his um, nutrition certifications. They're, they're awesome. I love his content. Um, so if you're interested in kind of looking into more nutrition stuff, I really like what, what he's about. Um, and it's definitely had a big influence on the way that I see and, and coach nutrition now. Um, okay, cool. So, and the triangle of awareness is his, so I want to give him credit for that. Um, so that's, that's it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is now just sort of choosing the diet that's right for you. And I'm going to go and do more detail in the next episode. This is going to be a part two to this, but 
part part one is is baseline it doesn't matter what diet you're doing it's saying okay i've chosen the side of the triangle i want hopefully you have a general idea of how long it's going to take you to get there right i'm going to give you a throw a very general number here if you're looking for fat loss anywhere from half a pound to a pound and a half maybe two pounds a week would be something that would be sustainable the first week on a diet you're going to lose a ton of water weight a ton of bloat's going to come off especially if you stop drinking and maybe if you have some kind of reaction to gluten you cut that down boom but that's not going to be sustainable after the first let's say three four weeks then you're going to start to see kind of what the sustainable rate is so anyway just to give you an idea of how long things could take personally i aim for a pound a week when i'm trying to diet the leaner you get um, that's going to taper down right if you have 100 pounds to lose you're going to lose weight at a much faster rate than if you only have to lose 10 pounds and you want to get really lean right um, so there's that now um, baseline you need to take stock of what you're currently eating now if you're someone who's never dieted before anything you do will be an education anything the more you pay attention to it the less mistakes you'll make the better results you'll see so i'm going to go under the guise here that you have done some kind of diet before so what you need to do is baseline that diet you need to see where you're currently at sorry i misspoke there you don't need to baseline the diet you need to baseline your current um your current diet your current eating habits so that could be something as simple as I'm going to keep a log of one week for all the foods that I eat. Literally just going to write down foods on a piece of paper and see what's up. I'm not going to do quantities. That would be kind of your minimum. Okay. And then when you're getting some help or you're looking back on those things, you can see what foods maybe are really high in calories. You, you didn't realize were high in calories or are pro-inflammatory or are possible allergens, right? The next evolution of that would be that you are um, you know, taking some photos of your food so you can actually see the relative quantities and then you could get some help with that, show that to somebody as a point of reference. And then the, the, the final iteration of that would be that you're actually weighing and measuring your food to get a full, accurate intake of what your, what your calories are, your average calories over one to two weeks. A week, typically, in my mind, isn't good enough. I really want to see two weeks of data. And if you, it, it's basically like, think about it this way. If you want to improve your, your finances, you need to look at them first. You need to see what you're spending, where you're spending uh, before you can create a budget. And it's functionally the same thing with the diet. You need to see where, what your caloric intake is before you start to create the proper uh, diet structure for yourself, right? And this, this pertains to something that's calorie-based or macro-based, right? Which is very similar things. So anyway, baseline your diet. Get an idea of where you're at so you have an idea of what you need to change to get where you need to be. Boom. So that's the setting up of your diet. Now, the next piece, we get into the goods of where do you want to start? Do you want to start with a quality focus or a quantity focus, or you want to overlap both? Personally, I prefer to overlap both. And I'm going to wrap this up here pretty quick as we get into, going to get into part two next week. But basically, a quality focus is where you focus on the quality of the food, right? More of a Whole30 or Paleo-style diet to create a caloric deficit because fat loss can only exist when there is a caloric deficit. If you eat a ton of broccoli and a ton of chicken, those things are extremely filling, lots of fiber, lots of water, lots of protein, and it's going to hit that off switch on your hunger a lot faster than eating 
especially any kind of processed fast food, right, which is literally engineered to make you over consume, right? So look, we assume that by eating higher quality foods, we're naturally going to create a caloric deficit, which may or may not be true. The other option is to actually look at what we are eating and weigh and measure and track our food so we can do it by the numbers and therefore create more accuracy and better results. Now, I've done both and I've I've given both out and they work with varying levels of success with different people, different personalities are suited for different things. So which one is right for you? I can't say if you've never dieted before, I think a quality approach is a better place to start because it's not as overwhelming. If you've dabbled, if you've dipped your toe in, then I think macros is a little bit better, right? I, objectively, it is better if you can do it. So that's kind of where I stand in both those camps. Personally, after years of doing a bunch of different stuff, I really like macros. I like by the numbers. It's how I do it. And after you practice a little bit, it's no longer stressful or really burdensome. It's it's really quick and easy, especially once all your foods are input into the app. Um, last thing I'll say about tracking is when you're doing the, the paleo approach, you can do something as simple as make a, a calendar day to day and just write down the foods you ate. And you can put like a happy face if you ate all really good quality foods and kind of a medium face or a sad face if you ate like pizza or something, right? It's not to put a judgment on you did good or you did bad. It's to look back and reflect and say, hey, I ate really high quality foods through here. Um, I didn't see results. So I, there's clearly something I need to change. Or I ate mixed quality or low quality foods through here and I didn't see results. Now I know why. So it's one way to get some data that's really not as invasive or as cumbersome to someone new when they're starting a diet. So anyway, that's that's part one is getting your mind right, getting your orientation, figuring out your goals before you start a diet to set yourself up for success and then figuring out which style of diet is right for you. Part two of this episode will be more in depth on the actual kinds of diets and what those would look like. So I hope that you found this helpful. Stay tuned for part two and have a great day.